0: Last week, if you remember, we kind of tackled one of one of the hard questions uh, in light of, of Tom and his family going through what they're going through. We talked about why why does God allow sickness in the world, or, or even just bad things for that matter? And this week, we're going to kind of piggyback on that. And this is part two of what Jermaine and I decided to call God's hard questions. Right? Um, I want to give you a little little backstory. Um, Tom was having some troubles with his heads long before last last Thursday. I think is when he went to the ended up going to Denver. Um, he was having some pretty nasty headaches for about three weeks before that, maybe even longer. Um, and if you guys don't know, we as elders try to meet weekly. We don't always make it, but for the most part, we meet weekly. And a large part of what we do in our elders meeting is Pastor Tom. Um, you know, he, he pastors all of us, but sometimes that uh, empties his tank, and so we spend a lot of time trying to refill his tank, and then we spend a lot of time just praying for you guys, praying for the church and praying for direction, and I remember the the lead into this service about a week and a half before Tom, uh, took his plane ride, we, uh, we were meeting, it was a Wednesday night, I remember we were in, in Josh's new little, uh, man cave, and, uh, Tom's head was just killing him that night. You could just see it in his face. Tom isn't one that wears his emotions on his sleeve. You know, he hides his pain, is what I should say. You don't always know how he's feeling. And that night, you could just see it. Like, he wasn't feeling right. And we had, if I recall, we had a really good prayer that night. It was just a, it was just a good one. And I remember specifically asking God to heal Tom, um, I, I remember praying the, the verse about if we had the faith of a mustard seed, we could move mountains. And I just remember specifically asking God, you know, this man loves you. He's such a warrior for you. You're going to heal him. And I was so convicted in this prayer that I remember thanking God ahead of time. You know, he tells us to be thankful in our prayers. And I remember praying, God, thank you right now for healing Tom and healing him soon. Like, he needs to get back to work. This has been going on and I just remember leaving Josh's house feeling so convicted that Tom was going to wake up the next morning and be a brand new guy. I, I do. I just clear as a bell. There's a handful of times in my life when I can really remember prayers that just felt deep and sincere, just the big ones, you know. And I think that's one of them. And as a matter of fact, when I woke up Thursday morning, I thought about calling Tom. I honestly did. I thought I should call him and see how his head's doing. And I thought, you know, That shows unfaithfulness. I know that Tom's head is fixed, and I don't need to call and double-check because I know God fixed it. So I didn't. Right or wrong, indifferent, that's what happened. And then I saw Tom Sunday at church, and he said he was feeling much better. He delivered a beautiful message, as he always does. Um, And I remember thinking to myself, all right, um, done deal, moving on, right? So you could imagine my surprise Last Thursday when I get the phone call, right, I'm in my wood shop, I'm working on the wood, I have to turn the saws off to answer the call, and I find out that Tom is headed on an airplane right now, like we're not waiting around, this is happening now. Um, And in in that moment, we didn't know for sure what was going on, we just knew that they'd found something on his brain, and he was going to Denver stat, and that he was having surgery as soon as they could get someone there. And so in that moment, things felt kind of bleak. You know it, and I, I must admit my my first reaction, of course, was scared I, I was really scared for Tom, um, but then, after things kind of had a chance to melt down and settle, I started getting kind of frustrated I, and we don 't talk about that a lot, you know as believers we're, we kind of have this perception that we 're not supposed to get frustrated with God, but I was because I truly felt that i had been very sincere and incredibly faithful in my prayer and that Tom should have been healed. Um, And he wasn't. And a matter of fact, in that moment, things were not looking very good at all. And that's kind of where we're going to dive in today. Last week, we talked about why does God allow sickness to happen? Well, today, I'm going to talk about why doesn't God always answer our prayers? Um, He clearly calls us to pray a lot. If you remember, last week, we talked about... Uh, creationism, and why I so, so strongly believe in Jesus, that this world is too perfect to have just happened. If you missed it, you can catch up on the podcast. But we deduced from that, through a roundabout kind of way, that this is real, this is truth. And we, if you've ever spent any time in this at all, God tells us to pray over and over and over and over again. So if he asks us to pray so much, why doesn't he answer our prayers? Now, for those of you that are very devout, faithful Christians, bear with me. We're going to get there, right? <laughs> okay. Um, those of you that are maybe on the fringe, you're checking it out, or maybe you don't believe in God at all, I think this is going to be a great one for you. Because like last week, I'm not interested in the simple answers. Let's dive in here. Let's really search this out. Let's really figure out why God asks us to pray and why He doesn't always answer. Um, I think one piece of the puzzle we kind of covered last week, Uh, if you remember, we talked about uh, creationism, and then we talked about God's omnipresence, but we also talked about God using everything for His will. Um, And if you remember, we dived into Ephesians 1, uh, verse 11. I think they have them for us here. But also, if if you'd like to follow along, the brown Bibles underneath the seats, you're welcome to grab them and follow along there. If you do not own a Bible, that is yours. Take it home. Our gift to you. We think everyone should own a Bible. You don't have to hide it and duck out of here. It's our gift to you. Um, So Ephesians 1 and verse 11 tells us this. In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. For purposes of today and last week, the most important part of that is the very end. All things according to the counsel of His will. If you remember, we talked about God being a sovereign God. He does what He needs to do to run His world according to His will. I put it like this. because From the outside looking in, it seems like perhaps if God tells us to pray for the things that we need and want, and God's will is over here, They don't always jive, right? Um, The way I look at it is like this. The final destination, let's say in Tom's case, is healing, right? There's a lot of different paths that God can take to get to that final destination, right? And I think through our prayers, we can ask him to use these different paths, right? We're still going to arrive at the destination, Um, so I think that's how those line up, but I think there still begs the question. So if everything is done for God's will, then why do we pray anyways? Well, along, along the descriptions of that, I think of it like this. Well, some of the, one of the times in our lives that we seem to pray a lot and ask for direction from God is when we're changing jobs or, or looking at a big move, right? Those are kind of a couple of the biggies and Sometimes when we pray through those things, let's say you have an option between job A and job B, you get very clear direction, but very often we don't. I've I've prayed through those before, and you don't feel like God is leading you strongly one way or another. It's the same principle, right? I truly believe that in those situations, God can use option A or option B to get you to the destination. He's going to bless you in either one of those, so long as... Option A or option B are not contrary to his will. Tracking? Everybody tracking? Okay. Um, we get another look at God's will in 1 John. Uh, I like this verse a lot. Again, there's so many verses on these things, you guys. I am just picked the ones that were calling out to me. I would encourage you to study for yourselves. There's so many ways you could go on this. Um, but we're, I picked a handful today. First John 5 tells us this. If you need to find First John in your brown Bible, go clear to the end and flip back a couple chapters. Um, and it says this. And this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request that we have asked of him. Breaking that down a little bit. That if we ask according to his will, and I think that's the biggest roadblock right there for a lot of us, is we tend to be very selfish askers, right? It came from the fall. We want what we want, and we very often forget that it's all for God's will. Um, so that's my key number one. If we want our prayers to be heard, if we want our prayers to be answered, we have to ensure that they align with God's will, um, John 15 puts it this way, and I really like this one a lot. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. We have to be right with God before we pray, before we ask, right? Before we bring requests to him, we need to be right with God. And I put it like this, bring it into real-world terms. If you have this friend that you have turned your back on, over and over and over and over again, and then all of a sudden you go to this friend and you ask him for this huge favor, what's their response going to be most often? Why would they do that for you when you haven't done anything for them? The key difference is this, though. To mend that relationship with your friend is going to take a lot of time and a lot of work, right? To mend your relationship with Jesus is a little simpler than that. All you have to do is say, Jesus, I'm not perfect. Please forgive me. You're right. Because he died on the cross with us, mending that relationship with Jesus is really easy. You just have to ask him, right? Um, So making sure we're right with God is an important step as well. Now, I want to jump back a little bit about the mustard seed. Right? That, that verse that I prayed through. If you had the faith of a mustard seed, you could move mountains. That one's been one of my verses. It's always meant a lot to me. It's one that's just stuck in my head. Maybe it is for you. If we look at Matthew 17, we find, we find this verse. Uh, Matthew 17, beginning in verse 19, it goes something like this. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why could we not cast it out? If you remember, the disciples were trying to cast a demon out of a person, and they couldn't do it. And they wanted to know, Jesus, we're trying to cast this demon out in your name. Why can't we do it? And Jesus tells them this. He said to them, because of your little faith, for truly I say to you, if you had faith like a grain of mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. I've always wondered, if you truly had the perfect faith and said the perfect prayer, could you literally move this mountain from here to there? Quite, quite literally. And in my research, what I've found, and I don't think that's what really what Jesus was saying, is that you would literally move this mountain from here to there. Uh, I have a note in my study Bible that I really, really like, and I want to share with you here. Let me find it. Um, so in the footnote it says Moving a mountain was a common metaphor In Jewish literature for doing what was seemingly impossible I think this is a metaphor for saying If you have the faith of a mustard seed You can do really big things You can do really great things Whether it means literally moving this mountain From point A to point B I'm not sure That That is an open hand thing as far as I'm concerned the closed-hand thing is if you really had the faith in Jesus, especially if you look at the mission Statement of Bethy, Bethany and our desire and love for this community, we could do incredible things in this town if we really had the faith of a mustard seed. Um, and I think that's what he's meaning here by moving mountains. What's, what's the importance of a mustard seed, though? Why a mustard seed? Well, he gave us... A little insight to that a few chapters back. Uh, If you flip over just a couple pages to Matthew 13, in verse 31, we find the parable of the mustard seed. (laughs) Luckily for me, God always didn't hide things in here, because I'm not that smart. Um, So Jesus has this parable, and he puts it this way. He put another parable before them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his field. It is the smallest of all seeds, but when it has grown, it is larger than all the garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come and make nests in its branches. We sometimes in this world feel like that mustard seed. We feel like this little tiny mustard seed, right? If we have the faith that that mustard seed does it, it's going to become this great big tree, then we can move mountains. We can do the impossible. Everybody tracking? See how that all lines up? Okay. Luke, Luke 17 kind of puts it another way. This is another instance with Jesus and the, and the disciples. But just for clarity's sake, let's look at Luke 17. Um, they put it this way, and again with the mustard seed. And the Lord said, If you had faith like a grain of mustard seed, you could see to this mulberry tree being uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. Another instance, same kind of thing, right? So, looking back, if we had faith like a mustard seed, and we ask according to the will of God, then we can move mountains. And remember John 15 that we talked about earlier told us to ask for anything that we wish so long as we are right with God. This, I think, describes why... A handful of prayers don't always get answered if if we're asking contrary to God's will, if we're not right with God. I think a lot of it comes from the fall. Um, We are imperfect people. We tend to be selfish. We want what we want. Being a father has really helped me to understand this. Um, And if if you haven't got the opportunity to be a parent, I I pray that someday you will. But if you have... When you look at the love that you have for your kids, you understand that saying no to them sometimes is the very best thing for them. And I truly believe that God allows us to be parents with our kids so that we can have a glimpse of that relationship that He has for us because He loves us just like we love our children. Um, And sometimes when the kids want a cookie at five minutes before bedtime, the best thing for them is to say no, right? If you remember last week, we talked about that 1,500-count bed sheet. If you weren't here, we were talking about, like, think about a super fine, the finest bed sheet you can with just hundreds and hundreds of threads, right? And if we're one of these threads in the sheet, it's very hard to see a couple threads over, two or three weaves down, right? But as God, he sees how all of these threads are woven together to make the sheet, um, and so sometimes when we ask, we just can't see two threads down or two threads over. And we have to keep that in mind too. But one part of prayer that I also think is very, very important. Um, so key number one is we have according to God's will. And key number two is to be faithful in your prayers. And when I say faithful, I want to define, I'm not, I'm not meaning faithful like do what I want. I'm meaning faithful in that God has us under his watch, and he's going to take care of us. Um, but the third part of prayer is, I believe, to humble ourselves. The Bible is also very clear that we are to pray in Thanksgiving. Um, and that's kind of fortunate with Thanksgiving in the rearview mirror, right? <laughs> living, living where we live, we all have quite a bit to be thankful for, um, again, lots of verses to choose from. The one today I want to look at is in Philippians uh, chapter 4, just verse 6. There's a good chance you've seen this one with Thanksgiving being a couple days behind us. It says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be be made known to God. I believe and I try very hard. I'm not always perfect at it to start my prayers with thanks because I'm so incredibly blessed with my family and where I live and the church that I belong to. And I think when we do that, it really puts your heart in the right place to try to find God's will in your prayers. And I think those, those are very, very connected. So, key one, God's will Key two, pray in faith. Key three, pray in thanksgiving. So when it came to my prayer for Tom a couple of weeks ago, I really thought I nailed it. I really did. I, I've, I've read through these verses. It wasn't like the, any of these are brand new to me this week. Um, these are actually some of my favorites. And yet, I get that call on Thursday that, hey, Tom's in bad shape. And if, If God can do that to someone like Tom, I'm in trouble. I think the answer to my question might be a little simpler than I'm making it. And because we all know Tom's love for country music, (laughs) I'm going to refer to an old Garth Brooks song in Tom's honor. Garth Brooks had a song, one of his early ones, called Unanswered Prayers. Some of you might remember it. But if, if you don't, or if you're not a country fan, or if Tom's listening, we'll try to catch him up, right? Um, in, in this song, Garth Brooks is, he's, he's with his wife and he's with his kids, and I believe they're going through the airport, and he runs into his girlfriend from way back when in high school. And she's married as well. And he's remembering that how when he was in high school, like, she was his everything, and he i think it said something along the lines of every night he'd been praying that god would make her make her mine make her his at the end of the song we kind of find out that god really did answer his prayer right but his prayer in his heart wasn't necessarily her his prayer was please help me find this woman in my life that completes me that i need And God answered his prayer, right? It just wasn't the path. It wasn't the exact result that he wanted. He got to the final destination. He found his wife. He found his love of his life. But it was a different path that God had lined out for him. And probably because he couldn't see two or three threads down the line, right? Looking back, I kind of think that's what God did with my prayer too. God did answer my prayer. Tom is healthy, 100% recovery, which is not super common with the type of injury that he had. He is out of the hospital. He's doing incredibly well. God just didn't take the path that I wanted him to, right? <laughs> I want Tom fixed right now. And what, what God told me, what God told all of us, I had some work to do. I hear you. I'm going to heal him. I'm going to take care of him. But I got some things I got to work out first, right? And we kind of talked about that last week. We might find out next week, in two years, 50 years. We may never find out. But I strongly believe there was a reason that Tom needed to be in Denver. Or I needed to be here. Or Tom and Cherie did not need to be on the East Coast. I don't know. I can't see four threads over but God absolutely is using Tom's situation for his will, and he answered our prayers in spite of that. Because in any of those situations, God did not have to heal Tom to accomplish his will, but he did because we asked him to. It just looked a little different than we all wanted it to. Make sense? We're going we're gonna to take a love offering for Tom today. Um, please don't feel like this is a must or a have to. This is just a way, if you want to help, if you want to contribute, we wanted to... A lot of the people are asking, right? So we just wanted to give you an opportunity to do that. I know I kind of snuck this under the radar so Tom wouldn't find out as best I could, because I know if he knew that we were doing this, he would flip, Right? But Tom, if you're listening, I wanted one of Tom's very favorite things to tell people when he's buying them a meal or buying them a cup of coffee is don't deprive me of this opportunity to bless you. Well, Tom, it's our turn, buddy. Don't deprive us of this opportunity to bless you. Um, I believe that Tom and Sheree got set up with a place, right? We have them set up in a place for the time that they're in Denver. Um, But we all know how hard it is and expensive to be away from home. Um, So we just want to show them some love and let them know that we're with them and, and help them in any way that we can.